that's good. A new tablecloth. I eat drop cloth for. Is this one a drop cloth or a tablecloth? This is a drop cloth. Oh, thank God. I felt bad about this one the last time this happened because for some reason I thought you said it wasn't. Yeah, because I, I pulled it today. Oh, I see. For laundering purposes. Yeah. And then I forgot it when I took my laundry, so now it's just with the bed linens. It doesn't seem like you got a lot accomplished today. I did. There's no sticks on the table. I missed the sticks already. <laughs> I'm having... Okay, so I'm having a moment with the sticks. So here's the thing. So the Trader Joe's greenery. Shit. That didn't last like longer than a week and a half, and it like I already had to pull branches out because they were like getting a little... I don't know if they were moldy or mushy. I don't know. Either way, eucalyptus should last a lot longer than that did. I also didn't like how floppy it was. It was too big. It was too big that I will. It was pretty, but it was stupid. Yeah. You know, the first thing I thought when I didn't see the sticks on the table was like, oh, thank God, there's room to breathe finally. (laughs) But then the second thing I thought was I missed the sticks already. The verticality. And I wish they were back. Yeah. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll go to Sprout. Okay. I I didn't feel like driving up and around. And I didn't like once you're in like Cobble Hill, I'm not trying to go to like, you know, Williamsburg. Not one minute ago, you gave me shit about this exact same problem okay. and Coming- condescendingly <laughs> told me it was called adulting, okay. driving from one location to another. Now on the podcast, but- <laughs> you're taking it back? No, but that's if if you're driving from here to Hannah in Bushwick, that's a 10 minute drive. But I'm driving from Trader Joe's to Hannah. Well, you could just have to do it on a different day. Well, nah, I'm not doing multiple days we're not doing we have one day of errands okay and then we need to watch boardwalk empire well i can do two days of errands and i figured i will ruminate on what kind of sticks because we're at the point where dried things are a possibility so i might get some dried sticks from nelly's interesting you're not worried about verging into suburban mom territory with this decision no because then you throw them out it's not like you put them in the closet in the you know because we're almost after we get through spooky season then it's, you know, Mariah Carey City, and then the Christmas lights go up. Okay, yeah, what do you do about winter sticks? Did you have sticks last winter? Yeah. Okay. I got the, I, they're kind of like little, um, uh, they're like woodier sticks, and you get a little, like, more piney. You transition through the seasons of, like, tropical in the sure, summer. Sure, yeah. And then now I'm like, I don't know what to do. Okay, yeah. All right. Well, take a week off and think about it. I support the decision to move into dried goods and fall sticks. I wasn't trying to discourage yeah. you with the suburban mom comparison, nor was I saying you should like keep them and put them in the closet and break them out every year. Absolutely no, no, not. No, 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 no. But I do think you have to be careful because taste-wise, you can it's probably kind of hard to avoid that territory. Well, you can also Karen's get... Karen's have a monopoly on this. Sort I of know. Thing. Um, well, they also, at TJ's, they had those like little like things that look like wheat. And I was like, oh, that could be cool. Or like the honeycomb sticks. Mm. And then the honeycomb sticks were getting verging on kitchen in a way yeah. that I was not down for. But, you know, you can get like pussy willow sticks and put them in a jar. Excuse me? Yeah. I didn't know that. You can purchase this at Trader Joe's? <laughs> no. Oh. No. <laughs> you can't. Okay. You're just, you're not listening to the whole word. Pussy willow. Not just, you can't just, not just mm. the one thing. I thought we were talking about like the antebellum South for a second that you might get pussy under the willow. Okay. No, no, no. Anyway, what were you saying? (laughs) It's true. I wasn't listening. I do have to admit. Oh boy. Um, Wow. Goes to Ohio for 72 hours is fucked in the brain. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I was like, do we do? Cause even like the whole idea of like uh, they do sell like, cotton branches with like the actual cotton balls on them 
still. That seems like a mess later on, though. It is, and the moms also took that over. It's that, or we get some berries. Berries also fall everywhere. It's, you know, this season is not great for figuring it out. And the uh, Rustica that I bought, the first round, beautiful. Second round got moldy, smelly, nasty in like seven days. And I said, no, thank you. Yeah, well, I have a suggestion, but it wouldn't keep well. What? And it also would take a lot of work. Have you thought about like going to nature and actually picking things? You know, you want to send me into nature? No. Yeah, I'm I mean, you don't have to, to go to real nature. You could just go to a park or something. But can't, couldn't you get like real things that you didn't purchase? Sticks? Yeah, I'm not picking There's up sticks, sticks all the over the place. I mean, you can get them off the tree too. You can't go into like Prospect Park and start breaking off branches. Uh, sure, you can. I don't think anybody's going to stop you. There's bigger problems going on in Prospect Park. Yeah, fair. Um, but then they come with bugs, and at least these these ones, you know, like they're they're checked before they're. Put sure, for sale. they've been vetted. Yeah, you know, maybe yeah, sprayed with a little chemical action, make them last a little longer. You know? Maybe you mentioned it and I missed it, but what about Nellie's? What do they have going on for fall? Do they close when it gets? No, cold? they have sticks. They, have they sticks. just have like really tall, like branch things mm-hmm. that they had outside the last time. That the one set they paint white, and one they just leave brown. Oh, okay. And I'm here for the brown ones because they're just tall and dramatic. All right. I'm also using, this is where like retail brain comes in, where I'm like, what did we used to do with the crew when we would get seasonal floral delivery? It's like, as we got to winter, it'd be berries and shit. And then it'd be just, it's dead of winter, here's some sticks, fuck you. And then, you know, greener things would come in the spring. Okay, yeah, so you like to stick to that transition. I mean, you almost don't have a choice. Yeah. I guess you could import other seasonal plants, couldn't you? That's where, From the internet? That's where, no. That's where, like, the Monstera leaves come from, from Nellie's Rainforest or Grow Lab somewhere. Uh-huh. Yeah. But... Yeah, why don't you just grow a pot plant on the middle of the table? No! We could have free CBD for every podcast. Okay. Which, by the way, where is it? <sighs> you don't get any more. <laughs> I don't get any more? No. Why? Don't you think you're it's... sick and there's no sharing when... Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You hear... Th- that's right, listeners. You hear the slightly nasal, bassier kind of sounds? Yeah. Do I really sound that bad? Somebody else said that to me yesterday. You sound congested. Okay. Yeah. I'm star- well, I feel like I'm starting to get better. You're bouncing back? Yeah, maybe. Although I'm on and off, you know. As the night comes, the cortisol in your body lowers and your symptoms flare up, and that's happening right now. So. Did you take a pill? I took ibuprofen. Well. Just to avoid the headache and also maybe make the wine hit a little harder, you know what I'm saying? Okay, so you really want to fuck up your liver is what you want to do. Mm. Or is that Tylenol? Either one. Yeah, I think, I think it's probably are, not good to take any kind of medication. And, yeah. You know, well, that's why, you know, you do both in moderation. And it's okay. Oh, boy. Okay. How many? Were you took like five ibuprofen? I took like two. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. I'm not an ibuprofen addict, and I don't ever intend to be. I know it's a really slippery slope for a lot of people. You start out taking one or two every once in a while before you know it, you're taking one or two a day. Some people you crush them. you're taking 20 a day. Some people treat them like M&Ms, and I'm like, you need to calm the fuck down is yeah. what you need. I don't want to do that because for two reasons. One, I have an addictive personality, and these type of things happen to me easily. And number two is... Then you'll end up on heroin maybe, is diminishing returns. I really appreciate the fact that in my life, ibuprofen and things like this actually do work. If I have mm-hmm. a mild headache, they work on me. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want to get to the point where they don't. Oh, yeah. Because I, I like having a cure for minor, minor aches annoyance. and pains. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, I I had a searing headache once, and I was fully hydrated because I had two Italian waters. 
and a, and a coffee and another iced tea. So I was like, it's not hydration. They're like, well, you're stressed out. So why don't you take take two of these? And I went, oh, yeah, that's right. And then within 15 minutes, I was like, oh, the pain's gone. Drugs work. Yeah, Yay. yeah totally. I'm also a big fan of naproxen. I found that to be good. Who that? It's a slight muscle relaxer. It's basically the same thing as ibuprofen, but with the additional element of like body uh, relief. Elite? That's not a leave. I don't know if it's the active ingredient in other things, but it comes on its own in its raw form. And that's how I've had it. Naprox and sodium, right? I guess. I, yeah, I don't yeah. know. That's, a, that's yeah. that other pill. Yeah. For it's the blue, little the blue, blue one. The blue like rhombus that's not Viagra. It's the blue pill, if you will, and ibuprofen okay. is the red pill. It's technically orange, but okay. Okay. Hey, whatever. <laughs> I don't know, man. You're going to have to lead the way on this one. Like I said, I'm sick, so oh, I I feel a little cloudy, you know? Well, I, ha- I mean, we can go over real quick just the macros of the snack that awaits me at the end of this recording. Oh, well, you're going to do this to yourself, huh? I'm going to Because I was avoiding the temptation yeah. oh, to no, shame you oh, for what's currently in the oven. This is going to be delicious. I don't give a shit. Because so. the gaping maw of Laughlin never ceases. <sighs> I had a green juice and an orange juice for breakfast. Thank you. <laughs> and two coffees. And then for lunch, I had a sweet cream. Well, you want to tell the listeners what the sweet cream actually was? Maybe the buffalo chicken salad from sweet green thank easily you. 1300 calories no it had more. like pickled carrots and like some blue trees and some bird and a lot of kale so much kale just because it's a salad doesn't mean it's healthy but the dressing wasn't it was probably fatty i don't really care um okay so let's go yeah, over i've the... never known you to get like a vinaigrette if there's a white dressing that includes an egg component that's the one you're getting well they got rid of the thing that i used to always get was it was like a thai shrimp salad Okay, that sounds marginally healthy. That sounds like something an actress in L.A. would order and not get the little crunchies on it. Yeah, know? it seems like something that you would get at Erewhon or something, yeah. and I loved it. Loved it, because I was like, how are they getting these delicious shrimps? And then slowly over time, the shrimps slowly appeared more canned and more sad, and they just took it off the menu completely. And I did, I think, violently shit myself after eating one so <laughs> canned shrimp is not good yeah I think i've experimented with it once or twice and i've never had bathroom problems with it but it doesn't make you feel good it well, doesn't feel like, like the same food uh, that much like greenery i was like oh i feel ill you know that salad actually sounds good if there was a vegan version of it now hear me out for a second excuse because me. you could replace the canned shrimp with mandarin oranges and you essentially have the same shape and texture although not flavor you know what i mean what i'm I getting need the at salt in the brine okay right well you can have olives for that you know there's a I lot of things that. you can do with salads that you, are fine listen big olive needs to calm down i do not like olives and i i stand by this. i think we've been over this before yes. on the podcast but that's kind of shocking to me you love salty briny things that one i don't know the texture is bad hmm Mm-mm. All right, so macros on the steak and stout pie, as I lisp like a motherfucker um, after my dental moment. Um, 800 calories, 410 calories from fat. I want everyone listening to picture something the size of your fist. It looks like a muffin the size of your It fist. looks like a dinner biscuit. Yeah. At like a Bob Evans, where they're like, also might be 800 calories. It looks like a dinner biscuit that has risen only vertically. Yeah. Yeah. Total fat, 46 grams, 71% of your daily value. That is really a lot, man. Saturated fat, 25 grams. Oh. 
125% of your daily value. Cholesterol, 205 milligrams. Sodium. This is, <laughs> yeah, this is where we really get to 1180. it. 1180. Oh, boy. This is a Chipotle burrito, but this like in a three-inch diameter cake product. Yeah, yeah. It's packing a lot in there for its size. It's going to be not that satisfying either, and I'm going to be pissed. Uh, carbs, 24 grams. Fiber, 3. Sugars, 3. Protein, 34. A lot of vitamin A, though, some calcium, some right, iron. I don't, I don't think we need to get into the chemical composition of this <laughs> of thing. whatever it's a, was pumped in there. It's a frozen in there. food product. I mean, after I saw this while I'm driving, while driving today, I was like, well, that's my future. It's a neon sign for a taco place called Fatty Daddy. And I'm like, well, without the last part, I'm just fatty. <laughs> so what's going to happen to you when you get old, man? You know, I was hanging out with my grandpa a lot this weekend, and he can't eat salt anymore. He hasn't been able to eat salt for decades because it's bad for his heart. What's going to happen to you when that happens? Oh, I'm literally going to stick a gun in my mouth. I mean, they tell me no salt. They say, okay, well, this is the last time you'll get a, I'll get a bill from you. Have a great day. My grandpa had to have his burger from the grill on pieces of bread rather than a bun because the bun had too much sodium. and the Excuse bread me? Not. Yeah. So this is your future if you don't be careful. Here's the thing. We just talked about ibuprofen and not getting addicted to it by not taking too much of it. I think you might want to think along these lines when you're looking at the macros of the food you're consuming. This at least I, occasionally. This is why I don't want to know. This is why I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I don't know. I never, I never asked to know. You have a don't know. ask, don't tell policy. <laughs> Absolutely. On the food that goes in. Yes, of course. Um, you know, after... So I had to go back to dentist after I broke the spring that was in my mouth for 20 years. Which apparently everyone and their mother had if you had braces as a child. Wait, did you have a rear retainer behind your top teeth? Is bottom that teeth. Behind your bottom teeth. You've had that this entire time I've known you. years. I don't think I knew that. Oh, well, it's not that And you recently broke it. We yeah. just talked about your other visit to the dentist. Yeah, that was all cleaning. And then I like on Friday, bit into some juicy dried mango. And then I just heard a crumble and like a, a wiggling in my mouth. And oh, I went, uh-oh. No. And the cement broke off again after 20 years. That is not a good feeling when things happen in your mouth that you're not expecting. Uh-huh. That, like, have tell me about force it. to them. You again, know? tell me about it. Oh, well. It ends up coming out your nose. Um, <sighs> Angry dragon. <laughs> um, so, but then you have this, like, little spring, like, scraping the, scraping the tonguey. Yeah, that sounds awful. It was terrible. And I was like, how do I eat? And then I was like, okay, so I'll go get some dental wax on Saturday. Fine. After work. Fine. 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 Go get the dental wax. Because you can just like wax the end or stick it back on. But I was playing with it all day to wiggle it loose. And, um, you know, after, you know, I had to go to the CVS on Broadway and across from the CVS on Broadway is a Taco Bell. I was like, well, that's soft food. I can eat that. Turns out that was really painful because it's gummy. It's the wrong kind of soft. I did an oops. And then, but by the end of chewing through all the gumminess... I just yanked that fucker right out. Life was good. Wow, you just pulled it out of your own mouth? I just slid it out, yeah. Wow. Wasn't it connected to another part of your teeth still? Like yeah. the cement only gave out on one side. Yeah. But you're saying you just forced the rest of it off? It didn't yeah, hurt? Yeah, I was I was wiggling it up and down all day, like, you know, when you're trying to break off, like... Yeah, uh-huh. Or when you have a loose tooth as a kid, you yeah. wiggle it and wiggle it and wiggle it. And, and then it, the pain kind of feels good until it finally comes out. I don't know about that. I was not a masochist as a child, um, but... Oh, I loved the tooth pain. Ugh. The, the, oh. the wiggly tooth pain, yeah, it was the best. I almost like didn't like losing it. 
I wanted it to just wiggle forever. You like that, like, wince in the taste of pennies? Yes, I did. I did. I do like the taste of blood. (sighs) Ladies. I've had a lot of injuries in my life, and it just happens that you get blood in your mouth sometimes, and, you know, it doesn't bother me. It's gross. Like, that that's a taste I don't want in my mouth, unless it's accompanied by steak. Maybe I was a vampire in a past life, because I do think, evolutionarily, humans probably are mostly evolved to not like that sensation. What well, can that's... I say? Or I'm iron deficient. So when I get a little <laughs> taste of it, it's like, You're hey, like, Ooh, probably, this is good for me. Probably that. I think most people, well, apparently most adults have a vitamin D deficiency. Yeah, because nobody goes outside anymore. Joe Rogan talks about this all the time. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm not treading in that ter- territory, but everybody go <laughs> Everybody go tan. Everybody go get tan. Um, so. But, but so wait a minute. Did you go back to the dentist uh-huh. after? Okay. A third time. Today you did this. Yesterday. Yesterday. And what did they say about the ripping out of the retainer? Oh, they're like, he just looked at it and he's like, oh, you didn't do that much damage. He's like, because I was like, just sand it down. Just get rid of the cement. And they're like, okay. He's like, mm. this is go- goes back to the aging thing, though, because, you know, your parents spend thousands of dollars in braces. Then you get a follow-up retainer that you're supposed to wear. Who didn't wear it? Me. Um, yeah, nobody does. No. Not for long, anyway. You get, like, a month out of it, and then you try and put it back in. And it You know, the house really already bad. started yeah. moving around, and you're like, fuck it, whatever. Um, so he was like, you know, for not wearing it at all, and, you know, just having this little, like, spring in your in your mouth nothing has moved except for a couple of your bottom teeth so maybe you could do it let's just look at it and keep an eye on it maybe you could do it meaning replace it no like do like plastic like invisalign oh i see okay he's like yeah you kind of grind your teeth a little bit too i'm like i have stress um i was like i do that in the waking hours not while i sleep so (laughs) that's what happens in the closet while you're yelling into a pillow I wish I had my screaming closet back so badly. Um, yeah. So he's like, mm, no. And they're like, 100 bucks. I'm like, okay. So right. I've spent $350 on my fucking mouth in three weeks. Yeah. Well. I don't like this. It's a drop in the bucket lifetime. You'll spend a lot more. Yeah. That's the thing. He was like, you think about it now so that way we don't have to like replace weird side teeth later. He I was like, cool. He didn't give you any insight into the uh, idea that Maybe it would have been better to have that out a long time ago. Like, do oh, people yeah, typically would... leave them in their mouths that long? Yeah, it because, seems like no. Because after you go to the orthodontist for the last time, you don't go back as a youth. That's it's right. Like, you don't, you know. So I was on the phone with my mom and she was like, I was like, oh, she's like, yeah, I actually ran into your orthodontist. And I told her, told him about that wire thing. Um, so next time you're home, you can, he's like, he told her like, oh, yeah, I'll take that out. That shouldn't even be in there. She's like, uh, what? <laughs> I'm like, oh, hey, it's been 20 years. Yeah. But apparently this is normal because a friend of the show, Kate, like once I posted my picture, she's like, oh yeah, I ripped that fucker out too. Yeah. Okay. So for a generation of 30 somethings, wires abound in all of our mouths. Right. Right. I'm really lucky I never had the wire in my mouth. I never had that kind of post treatment. No. They gave me like Invisalign that I didn't wear and that's why I have a gap between my two front teeth. What? I didn't always have the gap. The braces were there in part to close the gap. And then I wore... They reopened? I wore the Invisalign thing for a couple months and got tired of it and stopped wearing it. And the gap opened back up and stabilized. And I've had it ever since. Huh. And now every time I go to the dentist, I'm sure I've mentioned this on here before, they always try to close it. The first thing they want to do is like, what's that doing there? We got to get rid of that. 
And I'm like, no, it's part of my identity. <laughs> my character is my... As a person of gap tooth, I refuse to be erased. And I say to the dentist, I'm not feeling very seen right now. I'm not like your forebear Madonna and... Um, Madonna. Paul Shear. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, I feel like there was another like ancient comedian that had it, too. I feel like uh, outside of Madonna, it's a comic thing to have. Yeah. Because, again, it's memorable. It's Mine's a not m- very exaggerated, though, so I like it a lot. No. And it's not like you have buck teeth where it would no. stick out like that. Right. Which, that's probably what the braces are preventing. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I could have had a saw mouth. I have no idea. Saw mouth? I don't know, like a shark, you know, pointing uh, in every direction, yeah. mm-hmm. layered mm-hmm. on top of each other. Could have been a horror show. I have no idea. But I should have just followed the advice of that dentist I talked about a couple weeks ago. Just do some jaw exercises and you don't need braces anymore. There you go. You could probably correct it now. I don't want to. Okay. Well, we're all doing things that we could correct, but we are absolutely not. Yeah. I, I also ask about the dental implant for selfish reasons because I have all these old injuries where I still have metal in my body in other places. And as far as I know, it's never supposed to come out, but... They probably should replace it with some lightweight plastics or something. Well, much like the orthodontary, you don't really follow up on these things. So as a kid, I was like, does this ever come out? And they were like, don't worry about it, essentially. And I was like, okay, but... What happens if it's rusting inside of you? Well, come on, man. It's stainless steel metal. Not steel, but it's stainless. It doesn't rust. Oh. Medical metal... I don't know things was about designed stuff. decades and decades ago not to do well, that. Well, apparently now, like, if you go, like, get a knee replacement or a shoulder, like, you know, reinstallation, what, I don't know what the fuck they're called. <laughs> what, do you get this at Home Depot? Yeah. You, you just, get it with your windows free? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, if it's the kind of thing, like, if someone smashes in your, you know, windshield, they're just like, oh, we'll just do it real quick. No, yeah, apparently it takes, like, 15 or 15 to 45 minutes. They replace it. It's an outpatient. You're just hobbling a little bit. Bing, bing, boom. Get out. Really? They don't even put you under for surgery anymore? I don't know. I, I wonder don't... how they accomplish this. Do they put a slight incision and put something in there? I, I don't mean, know. It's a joint. It, I don't fucking know. It seems like you'd have to disconnect a lot of muscular areas and ligaments. I don't and... know. I just... Are you sure you're not talking about like an injection? Because yeah. there's all sorts of different injections you can get know. for joint problems. Gel injections, cortisol injections. I have no idea. People with gout get this a lot. Old people get this a lot. Can't wait to have gout. I know that's coming down the mountain. Yeah, that's definitely coming for you. <sighs> yeah, this is why I have the green juice. Luckily, you're not one of the tribes. So you're not automatically disposed to it. Well, you do know that, right? I'm not trying to be mean, but what Jewish people, Jewish get, gout. people get gout? Yeah, you. Uh, it's you part mean, of their genetic. Food critics problems. also get gout all the time because they're eating all that well, rich shit, and yeah. they're like, "Uh, fuck." Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, if I eat that much butter all the time, which I don't. It just seems like I do. I heard that's why they're outlawing uh, Fagwa in New York, because all the food critics came out and said, hey, we need to do something to tamp down our gout. I doubt that. I, d- I don't think they would ever take that off the table, but you know. Um, now that 11 Madison Park is fully vegan, so you can go to a four-star, four-Michelin-star restaurant, pay $300 and not have a, you know, a drop of blood in your mouth. Uh, is that just an option on their menu? No, or that's the whole thing. Their entire restaurant Unless you is pay even more for the secret back room table where they actually serve you meat. Oh, interesting. It's weird they went in that direction, but okay. Well, because it's like, oh, this is healthier for the plant. Yeah, they can do PR. Sure, it's better sure. PR. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been to a starred Michelin vegan restaurant before. Four stars? Uh, no, not four stars. I think one star. Yeah. Like, Fug Grand has like a one. 
No, they don't. I don't know. <laughs> it feels like it might. <laughs> um, you know. Uh, so, I, I don't know. I don't trust the stars. Anywho. Yeah, anyway. So, do you want to tell the story about... Do you want to share your wedding story? Why do you assume that I have a story? There isn't much of a story. I don't know. You went back to, you know... I mean, I went, but yeah, I went back to Ohio for the weekend to go to my cousin's wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, I was sick the entire time. And did you stunt on the hose in your suit? Uh, you know, no, for multiple reasons. Reason number one is that I need to get the suit tailored. That's reason number one. Okay. The legs of the pants are definitely too long. Uh huh. It's fine for Ohio because everybody's pants legs Slavery. are too yep. long mm-hmm. and i got away with it but for the next wedding i go to i need to get the pants tailored for sure but i also think i need to get the jacket tailored a little bit too um i needed to get it brought in around the waist just a little bit and have the sleeves drawn up just a little bit huh so it has inherent problems that couldn't be overcome in a rush but the other reason i wasn't stunting on the hose was because again i was sick oh. i was not i was not feeling good at all like spiritually or physically ah uh. You know, and it's hard to feel really good about yourself. You're like looking at yourself in a suit and you're like, I feel like shit. I'm yeah. sweating. If it sucks to have this on right now. I'm really not in the mood for this. I brought three shirts with me to try on and I tried on one and was like, I feel like laying down. This is just the one I'm wearing, you know, <laughs> and like I, I went to tie my tie and I like couldn't do it. I was just like, oh, it's that. Kind I of, kept oh. tying it too long and I was just getting frustrated. And eventually I just had my dad do it for me because I was like, dad baby needs help i can't i just can't this is hard right now yeah that's a bad that's a bad cold so i was uh it was the worst day of my cold because i drove to ohio on thursday and i was i was feeling symptoms the last time we recorded Mm -hmm. i even said it on the show and then wednesday i still went to work and i was more or less fine thursday morning i woke up and was like oh shit this is real but manageable and then friday morning which was the morning of the wedding i woke up and was like this is not good. I need to go immediately back to sleep, which I did until I had to go to the wedding. Oh, So I slept for like 14 hours in a row. And yeah. then I got up and I had to go to a wedding. So I wasn't in like the greatest you're not position. Feel, yeah. And if you're groggy and like that kind of sleep, you're like, that's when I shuffle around and think about ordering, you know, Postmates for someone to go to a bodega and buy me juices and crackers. Well, luckily, I was in a well-stocked house because my sister's family was there. So there was all sorts of juices because the kids were there and they eat pretty healthy anyway. So, like, I had good food while I was at the house and I just drank a lot of cranberry juice and stuff, like whatever was around. Cranberry juice. That's just what what was there, man. What can I tell you? Mm -hmm. I wanted orange juice or something like that, you know. Vitamin C. You want the vitamin C, but the cranberry juice has got good vitamins, too. It's mostly sugar. Whatever, but it's just, you know, your body's kind of craving it's electrolytes just give me something. Stuff. Just yeah. give me something. So I was doing the best I could there. But the last thing you want to eat is really rich kind of bad wedding food. Ooh, bland wedding food. Because wedding Ooh, food, boy. like, it's nothing against my cousin or whatever. Just wedding food is just not very good. I think we've talked about at, this before. If it's at, like, a banquet hall, too, it's usually pretty bad. Uh, Well, yeah. I mean, it was it was catered per plate per table. You know, you yeah. made an order and they bring it to you. But it's like... I don't know. It's being mass prepared. It's coming out really slowly. By the time you get it, it's like nine at night. You're like, oh my God. Like, you know, you're nine at night. Yeah, I didn't get, I was the last table served. This is the second or third wedding I've been to. Jesus, Here's what happens. Because I roll stag to weddings, you get sat at the last table that's farthest Uh, away from mm -hmm. everything. And you just get paired with all the misfits that also don't have anybody there. That's not how that's supposed to work, though. It sort of works that way. I, uh, I'm overstating the problem, but 
as a general rule, I think that's kind of what happens. And so you get served last automatically. Like I ran into my cousin, the groom in the bathroom at one point, And he was like, Hey, how'd you enjoy the food? Like mine was pretty good. And I was like, I haven't been served yet. And he had eaten like an hour and a half before. And he was probably like, what? Yeah. Yeah. And then, so I finally, you know, I finally eat, but it's like, I'm sick as fuck. All I've had is like three glasses of wine and like some, some like ridiculous crudite. Did they have the bacon wrapped scallops or no? They did not have bacon wrapped scallops. No, I, I had some, you know, sort of bruschetta. And then I had one that was like, that is the worst. I, can I stop you before you continue? Hands down the worst snack. Of all time. You bite into it. It explodes everywhere. You're wearing nice shit. It's gloopy and drop. Like, I don't know why caterers think it's fancy. I'm like, no, this is a mess. You need gazpacho and little, like, shot glasses so you can just be like, ooh, okay. I I don't know if, look, I have my problems with bruschetta as well, but I don't know if following up its messiness with shots of gazpacho was the best direction to take that. If you're going to have to do a chopped tomato nonsense thing. Put it in a glass that you can either sip out of or, you know, just shoot it on back. I guess, man. I don't know. I wouldn't have gone from bruschetta to liquid to make the situation cleaner. At least it's in a cup. Anyway. Anywho. Okay, so. Yeah, so the bruschetta was, like, fine or whatever. My my problem with it mostly is that it's just incredibly unsatisfying. I mean, it's a tiny cracker with, like, some tomatoes on it. You get maybe three tomatoes. It's the worst of every world, like, nutritionally, you know, just pure joy. It's not, like, that good. there's no joy. And then, so the other one I had was like a, some sort of cracker that was made to be a mini Reuben. So it was Excuse like me? a cracker with corned beef and like cheese and like a little bit of mustard on it. In theory, I should love this. It's okay that you don't. You didn't I don't anything. think. <sighs> it's one of those things that he, I, and I know for sure we've talked about this because I have this theory constantly, but. With wedding food, what happens is at the tasting, they're going to make it good for you because yeah. it's fresh and they're trying to impress you and get your business. So you go to the it's tasting. It's also a small batch. They're making the teeny tiniest version of it. Absolutely. And so you get these like nice little things that are really novel and you're like, oh, this will be great for everybody. But at a mass scale, they're terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was an example of that where it was like, this was good in theory, but not good in execution. So that's all I'd eaten. Oh. And then I was drinking on top of it. Just to try to like stave off the sickness. My dad's only advice to me was like, "Hey, just drink heavily." <laughs> That's terrible advice. That's like, what you should not do. And I was like, "All right." I, I mean, I will. Unless you, I mean, unless you were like, "I need hot toddy now," from a, bu- a bar in a banquet hall in Ohio. Well, once again, you're stuck in a situation where the bar is an open bar, but weddings just have small menus of a few fancy drinks and then beer and wine. Yeah, you can't have them make a drink for you. You can do. Hi, I would like gin and tonic, please. And you can ask for simple things like that, but a yeah. hot toddy is not happening. Not happening. Yeah. So anyway, by the time I ate, that's that's how I was feeling. And then also, I don't know, just family weddings are a certain type of thing where you're the kind of small talk you're making. It's just not like, I'm not in the wedding spirit necessarily. I don't want to go over yeah. this whole thing about obligation again, but, yeah. it, you know, it's I'm leaning very heavily in that direction where I'm like, okay, like, you know, the party is for the friends for the most part. Yeah. I don't particularly like to dance anyway. So I'm not losing my, yeah. I'm not losing myself in the spectacle. Mm-hmm. I'm just fixating on how sick I am and it's not good. At one point, my dad tried to introduce me to a girl. He actually said on the way there, he was like, hey, I know this hot girl what? that lives in New York. <laughs> yeah, it's like a daughter of a friend of his or something. And you're like, my dude, 
I feel like garbage. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So I did. I felt like garbage. And this is prior to, I guess this is the like drinks reception after the ceremony before the dinner. The cocktail hour, yes. The line at the bar was really long. So by the time I got to the front of the line, I just ordered two drinks. Oh. And I had one like sort of shoved in my elbow up against my shoulder <laughs> while I was sipping the other one. And this is when my dad comes along and is like, I want to introduce you to Taylor this girl and i'm like right now you're like my dude i'm double like fisting. i look insane like i'm sick as fuck my tie is tied a little bit too long because you tied it and i just went with it <laughs> i'm sweating i have two drinks that are both for me and it's this is great the, yeah this is the moment and then you know where i have to give ron some credit and which made the situation even worse is that she was incredibly hot and, and I was like, like, oh, Jesus Christ. Not that I would have performed well anyway, but like, why? You know, not like this. <laughs> not like this. <laughs> and so I have to make awkward small talk with this girl that lives in Gramercy Park and doesn't give a fuck about my broke ass in the first place. Gramercy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As a freelance photographer, which is just code for rich. Uh, who, and, uh, you know, so like as soon as she says I that. I mean, dad's got cash. Yeah. As soon as I ask where in... she lives and she says that and I have to meekly say I live in Bed-Stuy, she's like, whatever. She's like, I can't marry you to use your money now. Yeah. Bye-bye. Gramercy uh, does... Fo- huh. Did anyway. You... So, yeah, oh, it, it wasn't good. So that didn't that didn't raise my self-esteem for the rest of the night exactly. Yeah. Um, at a certain point, once I'd eaten... And I was just like, all right, I'm in this. I'm stuck here. I just kind of hung out with my niece for the rest of the wedding. That seemed like the best way out. Because there was no kids allowed, but my two nieces were allowed to go because out-of-town people don't have babysitters. Fair. This was the logic. And none of the rest... So they had no one to interact with. They had no other children to hang out with. And all the rest of the adults are busy like adulting with each other. And I'm mostly trying to avoid that. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I'll just hang out with my niece. And the... uh, reception was in an old bank so they're part of the like fun wedding activity was that the vault of the bank was open and you could go in there with props and take like 1920s boardwalk empire style photos Uh okay so i just i just donned a fedora and a boa and like took a bunch of cute pictures with my niece while she played with fake money and you know dressed like a flapper that's a very sad story i hope you know that there's there's so many I believe me, I know. And my family noticed, you know, like all of the men in my family keep coming up to me and they're like, you know, there's a lot of like hot women here. I don't know why they're so intense. Why are, also it's a family wedding. Why are, the, are you're like, aren't we related to them? What are you talking about? Here's the thing is because I'm the A, I'm the oldest one left that's not married. Mm-hmm. B, the younger ones than me are probably going to get married. Uh-huh. So they're like looking at me with sheer desperation at this point. Oh, and I don't know if they know I'm sick or not, by the way, because I didn't really tell a lot of people because I didn't want to freak, freak out. Any, yeah. anybody out with COVID and all of that. So it was sort of clandestine. So they're like, you look sweaty and depressed and you just moved here and then left again. And now you're back and you're hanging out with a seven-year-old getting sloshed in a vault. Oh. You need our help. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, I don't. And I'm just sick. But yes, I take your point that it's a sad story. It's... Other people noticed. Oh, for boy. sure. You could have just also gone home and been like, I don't think I can do this. And then just be like, send a card, be like, I tried. I, I drove 500 miles, but I am deceased now. I was given that option and I did almost skip it. But um, 
I like the couple that was getting married, and I didn't want to miss it. But, uh, That's when you go for to the, whatever. Go little to the ceremony. Today. Go to the the cocktail hour, and then you're like, I don't need to be here. You know. That is true. I probably could have left before dinner. Yeah, I didn't think about I think that. There's ways to. I could have offered to take the kids home, frankly, and that would have been a godsend to everybody. Yeah, and just be like, "Are we me. good?" Like, and just take them, and then I'll watch the kids because I feel like shit. You know, when it was all said and done, luckily my cousin, the groom, is not much of a partier, so we didn't do the thing that we've done at my past family weddings, where you go out to a bar and then another bar and. Excuse me. So I didn't get roped into any of that. So w- the wedding was over when the wedding was over, which is kind of rare. I mean, that that's not usually how that works for young people. No. Think about every friend re- wedding we've been to. I mean... It goes till two in the morning. Yeah. But th- th- this cousin of mine was like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. And I was like, great. So... I mean, are things even open until two in the morning in Cleveland? I feel like no. Uh, Sort of. Maybe not anymore. I'm not really clear on that, actually. That or everyone's ending up at the casino at like two in the morning, which is not a great, you know. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't need that in my life. No. So. You know, dodged a bullet. You know, saying no to things is is a real skill and a treat. Sometimes you just can be like, I have to decline. I love saying no. Yeah, I understand. I think that's you fair know. enough. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't fight you on that. Like, if you throw, like, even a sniffle my way and I have to go to something, I'm like, I think I'm going to sit this one out. And it's fully okay. Because people are like, oh, great, I'm not going to get sick. I'm like, absolutely. You're going to be just fine. I'm going to settle into a tubby time, make a hot toddy, and pass out at 10.30 p.m. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was bummed. I missed a lot of activities in Ohio because of my sickness. I didn't get to go shoot guns. Which you know I always love. You you can't shoot a gun while sick? I mean... I was sleeping. I slept oh, through it. Oh, that's... Okay. Well, that's fair. Uh, the following day, though, I was feeling a little bit better, so we went to a pumpkin patch. Not really a pumpkin patch, but like a fruit farm uh-huh. sort of situation, you know, where they have like a hay maze and like playground. And, and a, it's in, really an activity for children. In Aurora? And like in Chesterland, somewhere out yeah, in the country, yeah, yeah, though. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that was kind of fun. I don't know. I got a, a nice big lemonade. I got an apple fritter. No uh, apple cider donut? Uh, no, the apple fritter was the thing on display. Not, oh, not apple cider that's donut. That's rare. Although there was a longer line for donuts. There was a separate line for donuts and fritters. Yeah, because everyone goes because they're like, apple cider donut. And I'm like, it, there's no apple to speak of in such object. This is I, I, I've been breaking lots of hearts this way recently where I'm like, you know, there's no apple cider. It's just sugar and brown sugar. And people are like, excuse me. I'm like, mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe a little hint of cinnamon, but you're not getting any apple. You're just getting all the flavorings and savorings. But it, it, back in the day, it would be like some kind of like apple infusion. Now, mm-mm. that has gone the way of uh, the past. And it's very sad. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, that's I mean, that's my Ohio that's, story. That's all that really happened. Well, and then I drove home. I mean, driving while sick is actually the worst thing in the world. See, that I didn't mind at all. Oh, in I both directions I was totally fine with that. Just just being alone, being able to zone out, it was perfect. Oh, I've I've been in the misery of doing that while while ill and I'm just like, well, my passenger seat is just filled with crumpled up Kleenexes from me just blowing the shit out of my nose. It's like, like you don't feel more disgusting than sitting, sweating, right? Making it 
a Kleenex pile and then just like throwing like a Burger King nonsense in your mouth just to sustain yourself. And you're like, ugh. Well, that I will say was the only downside on the way home, especially when fast food is your only option. And I had to get McDonald's because I was really hungry and there was nothing else. It was a real bummer. All you want at that moment is something nutritious and it is not available in Pennsylvania. There is no nutritious food in Pennsylvania. I mean, you could maybe go to the, like those like those like home country the the heart places. Yeah, but what are you going to do? Stop and sit down and somewhere? get a soup. And maybe you'll get a soup that's going to be bad because yeah. nobody orders the soup there. The old people they get the soup. They get the yeah. You know, maybe I don't know, but it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. It's, or you you hold out and you go to Panera. I don't know. You gotta, I didn't come across one, and not that that's that much better anyway. There's exactly one Panera. Well, I'm glad you can echolocate Paneras no matter where you are in the yeah, country. Yeah, I just go. And you don't know what state is next to what, but you can put <laughs> your nose to the air and find a Panera. I hear, I hear the lid of a bread bowl being carved. <laughs> um, you know, I did talk to my sister a little bit. Speaking of food, because she runs a pretty successful food business now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever told you this. You don't follow my sister on social media. Right? No. Um. A while back, I don't know how long ago, six or eight months ago, she started doing like a meal prep service for vegan people in Las Vegas, and it's kind of taken off. She's done a good job of it, and now she like will cook for rich people in their homes. Yeah, you told me that. Yeah. In addition to doing her other things, but you know, she's a pretty accomplished cook because she worked in restaurants for a long time. She never got any kind of certification or anything, but mm. she's to the point now where she has a second fridge at home that's just for her business. Oh, huh. Um, yeah, I, maybe that's why it came to mind earlier in this conversation when I said you could like make the Thai shrimp salad into something vegan really easily. Mm-hmm. When I see her recipes, I always uh, admire them because she does that really well. Like Her vegan substitute things are not rife with like Beyond Burgers or like substitute meat. She never uses any of that sh- shit. So she'll make like a faux meal, like a poke bowl or whatever. But instead of tuna, she's able to like make it out of fruit and other things pretty well. Then that's just a fruit salad, though. I mean, well, I don't know. You you know, not that you're one to like explore vegan options when there's not. you know meat options on the table. But when you do that, you're like, oh wow, like it's actually not that hard to eat this way and eat well. <sighs> have you ever eat had... well in the sense yeah. of your taste, not yeah. necessarily your nutrition? It's have you ever, have you ever had toad style? No, toad style is a vegan, basically like vegan crown fried, essentially. Wow, that's interesting. Didn't know that existed. So the, they're cheesy fried. It's like a cashew cheese. Yeah. Like you can have like a fake Reuben, like you know, like that kind of like like hoagie style things, and like a jackfruit pulled pork, which is a good like fake. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, here. like yeah. that. I was like, oh, this isn't bad, but I'm like, I'm also being, you know, bamboozled into it with all the sauces and right other things. Yeah, I wonder how you feel about that because vegan sauces to me are the part that I like the least. There's too much sugar. Vegan mayonnaise and stuff has a weird aspect. Don't to like it. it. It's no. sort of sour. I can't quite put my finger. Yeah, out. I don't love the cashew of it all. I'm like, speaking of vegan, do you need to get your beef I need to take, tie I, out I of need the to take oven my, right now? <laughs> yeah, I heard the beeping, so we're going to see if it's burnt or if it's still, if I still need to keep toasting it. Hold, please. Okay. Are you going to let it cool over there? Absolutely. Or are you going to yes. eat it right now? I cannot. That thing is like lo- hot lava right now. Like, have you ever, like, oven baked a pot pie? 
Yes. Like a Marie Callender situation. Sure. Do you know the level of like nuclear yeah, heat? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's going to chill for a little bit. All right. It's going to be hot as fuck, even in like 20 minutes. I assume by your reaction that we didn't get recorded here that it's going to be good, though. It looks beautiful. Yeah. Like, you know, like, um, did they ever do meat pies on Great British Bake Show? I feel like yes. They definitely did. You know, when they knock the side of it and it's got that like nice like sound? Yes. It's got that kind of like appeal. Hmm. So I'm like, this might be a really fun, like, eating experience. Sure, it's your island heritage kicking in. <sighs> yeah, you know, the food of my people. The Rock has Samoa. Will Laughlin has whales. <laughs> <laughs> How sad. <laughs> Isn't it Samoa? Isn't it Samoa? He, sa- he does say it funny. I can't quite do it. Sure, I don't know. I don't, again. I saw, like, a, a rock look like on a bicycle today. Wait, 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 wait. Somebody li- looks like him? Well, it was a li- a very beefy Latino man. Uh-huh. In a white feeder tank top and tattoos. Okay. But he was, like, ripped, and I was like... He was that beefy, though, because, you know, The Rock is pretty fucking big. Well, you know, if you're wearing a tank top and you're just, like, riding, no, I was like, he yeah. looked huge. I was if like... If he makes a bike look small. Yeah. Okay. I was like, you know, he can ride me all day long. I mean, sure. <sighs> I don't like thinking about this. Please don't. <laughs> Um, but, um, yeah, that, that's a good looking little snacky pie over there. Gotta say. TJ's, you've done it again. Raising the bar. I don't remember the rest of the Michelle Obama speech. Oh, boy. Do you know what that is? No. Oh, it's like her invocation to like Beyonce or something. I think. What? It's about what? I don't know. It was like a VMA or a something, some kind of award. I don't know. Oh, man. If you think I know the source, I just know that the sound clip of, girl, you've done it again, raising the bar. And then there, it keeps going. But it's very generic, and it's just like it could be anyone. Sure. So. um, Have you read this New York Times article about the bad artist friend? I saw that today, and I didn't read it. Oh, I almost sent it to you to be like, you need to read this before we record, because it is, it is the wildest shit. Can you, can you talk about it? I'm willing to have it spoiled for the sake of the show. It's, very, it's a very long article. It was like a, you know, I was like, oh, this is not a, a bathroom read. This is, a, I have to move to the couch and complete. Um, Did you but, actually finish it, though? Absolutely. Okay, so l- give it to me. Lay it out for me. Okay. What is it about? So the, the title is a misnomer. The title is a misdirect. Whoever Whoever is titling things at the Times, hot mess. I will say they're always bad about this, and the main reason I didn't read it is because I saw it on Google News. I think I've said before, I have to use Google News at work now because mm-hmm. I can't bypass paywalls like I used to be able to. Long Anywho, story short. yeah. And when I see headlines from the Times and it's unclear to me whether it's actually from the arts section or whether it's from something else. Who knows what it is. Then I'm kind of, I put it on the back burner. Mm. So that's what I did in this case. I found it on the Twitter.com because Uh like writer people were just like, this is a hot mess and it is hilarious. Um, So Fragile White Lady, um, who's also a writer. Robin D'Angelo? Who? I thought you were making a white white fragility reference now. I just was making a dig at all white women. Oh, okay, good. Um so there's so you know lady lady is a writer or goes to some kind of writing thing whatever. So um she like uh 
goes on this journey of like altru like how to be altruistic, blah 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 blah. Um, you know, tries to figure out the best way to be a caring person in the world. She describes herself as a feeler, and I'm like, ma'am. Um, so she goes and voluntarily donates a kidney anonymously. Like, yes, okay. But then writes this like Facebook letter about like, dear person, I whatever. But the the letter is wait, wait 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 wait. So she has to take credit for her anonymous donation, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, by via a like Facebook a, post to the void, yeah. And let me guess really quick that it gets back to the person who got the kidney. Mm -mm. No no. This Facebook post. doesn't matter. No, okay. that person doesn't matter. That person doesn't matter. Remember, she's a writer. She has writer friends and community and all that kind of nonsense because art people are all about community, right? Like apparently, we, we run in packs. You know, some of us are you know. Not this, but, you know, um, either way. Um, so she, you know, does this Facebook post. And then one of the writer friends who is more famous, she notices, stops liking her Facebook posts. So she reaches out and goes, I just want to share the news. I wasn't sure if you were on Facebook. Any so this bitch is reaching out to make sure that this famous friend knows that she. There's a major problem with this in that noticing that a particular person has stopped liking yeah, psycho things yeah. is psychotic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean... I, <sighs> Continue, but that, I mean, that has to be noted, so my God. So the person who, and again, like the person who uh, is stopped, right, stopped noticing is um, a Chinese-American writer. So this plays in later. Okay. So... You know, this goes on. Oh, I, uh, I don't know if you reached out, blah, 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 blah. And then the person who stopped liking publishes a short story that includes, like, a thing that's shockingly similar to this white lady who donates a kidney. And then there's a letter involved. And then she's just like, wait, what? But I thought we didn't. This seems like my story. She's like, oh, I didn't know. I don't know what you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. And then they go back and forth, back and forth, and it's published in Boston. And then uh, the white lady threatens to sue this Boston reading program. Um, and it's they're, all the while they're talking about, like, yeah, writers share things, like story ideas and stuff like that. Um, and, like, you, you know, artists steal. This is what we do. We find things and we go, that's mine now. I get to use part of that because that's some wild-ass shit. Um but then, so there's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, um, lots of lawyering up. And the story that the lady wrote was about uh, one of her recurring characters, like having to have her husband get a new kidney. And then the lady, the white lady who donates the kidney, then starts exercising all this, like tries to exercise control over blah, blah, blah. Um, so it's, you know, art imitating the life that isn't yours, um, which is fine. Like, why would you not? steal from crazy people on the internet i mean i want to let you keep going to get to the end of this yeah. but i don't think that borrowing something that you've observed in real life or on the internet like your friend's behavior is stealing anything no you're especially for yeah. a writer i mean that's just source material yeah. that's fine I, I, that's not even appropriation yeah so white lady sues her for plagiarism Pla this is where plagiarism this is what I'm not understanding. Plagiarism of the letter, the Facebook letter she wrote to the ether, because she did use like verbatim sentences. Because, but so the reason why this is important comes out. Her group thread becomes subpoenaed and is entered into evidence, where her and all the like slightly more famous writers are all just like shitting on this person, sure. which 
we 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 just have the dignity of doing that either through a paywall of Patreon or verbally. I would never write down any shit talk that I do. I don't do that. I'm not stupid. Well, listen, man, I've been on group threads that if they were ever subpoenaed, I would be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't. I think no. you have too. In all fairness, mm. everybody has. Everybody's we've talked done, shit. Via, yeah, via we've tech. done some. I've sent. Yeah, I think it's okay. a pretty incredible, uh, incredible precedent that, like, in a civil suit, they're willing to. I think it's pretty. Inc- we're going to take that from the top. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's pretty incredible precedent that in a civil suit they can go as far as subpoenaing your. I think someone might have leaked it, or I don't know. Someone maybe felt guilty and leaked it. I don't know. Either way, that's pretty crazy. Okay, so So the famous writer is outed for having talked shit about this person. Her thing was like, I couldn't. Been denying. I'm working on trying to edit this out, but that letter was too damn good. Like, like the cringe level was so high, I couldn't not. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. So she's admitting to like looking at it and being like trying to do something with it. Also, it's not not plagiarism though. Like, it's not a published work. I'm sure this is going to factor into the article because I think that's kind of debatable. It depends on what the legal definition of a post online is. I don't know. If you assume that Facebook is a publisher, which for legal purposes, they themselves had said we are absolutely not because they don't want to be responsible for moderating their content Mm -hmm. in that minute of detail. Yeah. So right there, I think you can't make any table. claim yeah. to this post being like copyright protected or anything. Yeah. The other thing is like, I think as, from an artistic perspective, an appropriative perspective, I think that writer was within their like rights to do that. I think you yeah. can, I think you can appropriate and copy things pretty much left and right with no alteration at all. I mean, it certainly in visual arts, this precedent has been set a bunch of times. Apparently the Andy Warhol foundation just lost one. Yeah, I mean, I, I think IP protection is getting more, more and more stringent. stringent. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Richard Prince famously has lost these cases too. He and he actually care. alters yeah. things a yeah. lot of the time. So it's it's surprising what does and doesn't pass muster. Yeah, But I just think from an artistic perspective, it's totally fine. If the, if the post is so amazingly cringe that you're like, no one could ever write this. I just need to use I it. Have Go to ahead use and it. use it. Yeah. yeah. Well... You know, it just becomes a thing of, like, the art mirroring the thing. Because in the story, you know, there's extortion involved. And then slowly over time, the white lady starts tr- trying to sue the the Boston publisher, like, more and more and more and more money until, like, they they go to the, the more famous writer and they're like, you have to stop. Like, we have to cut this off. Like, we're not publishing it. And, like, fuck you for getting us into this legal problem because they're coming after us and not you. Like what the fuck man like turns out the white lady has been suing lots of people um for things but she's like bitter because she hasn't been published i'm like listen there's a lot of a lot of people in the world who don't you know do their you know their dream thing but i I don't call a lawyer shit yeah i mean oh my god there's so much of this like i have had my paintings directly stolen from by people that I know for sure 100%. Say their names. And, and, you know, especially if they're more successful than you, what can you, I mean, what can you do about it? Oh, yeah, who cares? I mean, shit. I I think you can be resentful of having, like, a a legitimate, like, innovation in your mind taken and 
used towards somebody else's career. But, you know, like you said before, artists steal from each other all yeah. the time. I've gotten a DM from a, a painter who's like, that is so good. I'm 100% going to steal that. I'm like, just give it, give, let me have it for like six months, okay? And he's like, I'm not going to take it, but th- this is great. I'm like, thank you, but I'll see it later. Like, it just it's just one of those things that I think happens. So that's maybe element C. Element B, which is huge in this story, is that this person is so megalomaniacal and psychotic for giving a shit what other people think of them and their yeah. posts. The The premise in the first place that I already touched on, that you would give magnanimously and anonymously like an organ and then have to yeah. have to take credit for it on social media otherwise you don't feel like it was worth it is a symptom of a completely rotten Sociopath. society and a bad person well do you remember i'm gonna invoke something i normally don't do you know the episode of friends where phoebe tries to do the most altruistic act but she always gets something out of it whether that's feeling good or someone just repays a favor yeah, or whatever. Yeah, sure. And then she's like, I let a bee sting me. That's that's fine. And they're like, you know, it dies after that. And she's like, fuck! Like, you know, like, they're, it, like, you know the moral of that story is like, dumb hippies can't do altruism because they end up like getting some kind of favor. I don't know. I don't remember that. It was very stupid. But... Well, I think think the moral of the story is not anything about dumb hippies, but just that when you're doing something altruistic or just nice, you could say it more simply... You, you shouldn't expect any reward. You can just do nice things. You, it's you, okay. You under you undermine the karma of your gesture by in any way attempting to take credit for it or be known for it. Or That's the wild part. Yeah. All you want is notoriety. Yes. You don't even care about credibility. You want to no. be famous. Yeah. Especially if you're a writer that's then publishing posts and taking them seriously. And like if you post yeah. some cringe and people start making fun of you, you got to just take the L, man. Like someone that knows how to use the internet knows that you lose the argument the moment you get angry and litigious. Yeah, because you look like a baby who doesn't know how the world works. It, well, yeah. So that's And the especially problem. doesn't know how the internet works. Yeah. Where like your, your sincerity or in quotes sincerity your supposed sincerity is kind of the worst thing you can do online you're going to immediately get trolled and i'm not even yeah. saying that this writer was trolling her i don't think that's what was going on but that's obviously I mean, how she took it yeah and when your sincerity is underscored by your own cynicism of wanting to take credit for an organ donation fuck you yeah no like and like writer twitter was like if there's any question okay so it, it does get better so writer twitter was like if there's any question of who the bad guy is in this one you're insane very clearly the poster yeah, yeah duh. the poster pitched the story to the times where she, she comes off so bad is the writer of the article <laughs> no 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 she pitched it to someone jesus christ <laughs> like like they would side with her and they're like oh no absolutely not so she's tripling <laughs> she's tripling down on her cringe she doesn't take the l from the original post and people snarking on it uh-huh. she doesn't take the l when she gets litigious about it and still gets no recognition well she had to take the l because there was no case yeah of course not and then she Further takes another L by reaching out to the New York Times. And by the way, the New York Times, uh, this is... They're like, a l- they're like, ooh, a, a salacious Sunday story just fell in our laps. Love it. I don't even think they're that smart. I think they probably think this woman was in the right. And no, 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 this no. is an L for them for the umpteenth time. I don't th- no, I don't think it was that. Because the way it was written is very much like a... 
They're snarking on her, too. Yeah, well, I mean, but the thing is, she doesn't care. This person doesn't care. She's in the times, They want to be famous. They want to be notorious. They don't care by what means. What a rotten person. I mean... What a terrible individual. And so uh, the the third component I was going to say, point A that I think is broader and maybe a little bit more philosophical, is the reason as an artist I don't think you can be upset about appropriation, especially if you use it, but even if you don't. Yeah. Um... I don't think ideas belong to people. I don't think that intellectual property rights are anything but uh, a manipulation and an invasion of an abstract space that shouldn't be commodified anyway. Well, I really don't think I, I really don't think outside of uh, profiteering, there's a lot of reason to ever claim an idea. You shouldn't be allowed to patent ideas. No, that's why you have copyright, but you don't have a patent on anything. Because otherwise, like every paint maker would be like well where's our cut Uh, well sure and i think copyright makes a certain amount of sense because theoretically it's supposed to lapse yeah it is yeah and and it makes sense for when things reach a certain prominence that especially like writing is a really great example because disseminating writing is extremely low cost copying a painting is a lot higher of an investment let alone like copying an entire movie or something that would cost millions like I get why there's intellectual property protections in the form of copyright for certain things for certain periods of time. But even then, I mean, if you reach a broad enough scale, that's not very effective. Like Disney does that thing of every 75 years getting their patents reprotected so they never have to give up Mickey Mouse. Yeah. And it's like at a certain point when things reach an iconic status, they especially should be open to all sort of interpretation, appropriation satirization whatever it is but you know millard millard mouse we we do not you know no one can touch but like michael dotson makes disney paintings but they're like so trippy that you can't even like well yeah that's where fair use comes in and stuff but like i don't even think that i don't think that these definitions should really exist at all i don't think i don't think again the the philosophical point i want to make is that as an artist that's like basically all artists are amalgamating memes that you encounter in your life, whether that you take that really literally or not. What you're doing is reinterpreting images from a broad variety of sources that none of which start with you. Yeah. So how can you take the position that once you've uh, filtered these things that suddenly they're yours? They're not. I think that's a completely like baseless position. They belong to image culture and that is not yours to say, to stake out territory no you you throw your you know you throw your fishing fly into the river and let it get taken away Uh, that's the best you can ever hope for yeah why it's it's because like think about it like the warhol foundation doesn't go after anyone what's interesting about that is i don't know that for sure and Mm. like i bet they would no because there was a guy who made like fake brillo stacks well, Mike Bidlow made made his entire career off making fake Warhols in the first place. Oh, another person has done it too. Well, yeah, I'm sure. A lo- yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot of people, of people do. do. Yeah, um, and maybe they don't. I, I think when the financial incentive gets enough, uh, and when the controllers of an estate get far enough away from the source to not have any integrity uh, beyond profiting anymore, yeah, they probably Might, would be yeah. more apt to go after people and not embody the same spirit that the artist once did yeah so who knows but yeah i mean so back to the back to the time story Mm -hmm. what was the ultimate 
what was the ending of the article about? It was just like all the all the things ended up dropped, but then like and so they just it was very like we're just not going to talk about it anymore. Like this just no. But obviously like like the other people who were in the group chat were also famous people and they're like, "Well, she's dead now. She's dead to everybody and we all know that." Like, come on. Yeah, we didn't you're, even... de- you're dead to rights on every publishing house, everyone that we sure. know cuz no, if no, you're no, a famous no, writer, no. you know every, you know, you've been courted by literary agents like everybody knows. Like it's not going to be like you know, it's a small world in the in the same way that like art world is small like people talk and then if people aren't in novel land, writers know other writers if they're reporters, if they're whatever, like, you know, you are dead to rights. Like you got to give up the ghost on that one. Yeah. Even the social component of an interaction like that is subject to network effects and you are fucked. You're blacklisted yeah. now. Yeah. But, and then, the worst but part then about that is white lady still went to like an online zoom, three online zoom, like panel discussions that the famous writer uh, was on just to be like, I was trying to, you know, desensitize myself from seeing her and see her as a real person. And the writer's like, that was fucking crazy. Cause I was like, I thought she would unmute herself and start to join in or some bullshit like that. Like, you know, seeing her face was like, oh, shit, crazy white lady's here. She's going to burn my house down. It's clearly an act of intimidation. It's just yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, sorry. Um, well, no, it's okay. I lost my train of thought. I don't know what I was going to say. You're like, but what? Well, uh, after blacklisting, it was. Oh, I don't know. It's okay. Right. I'm sorry. I just had to get out the extra no, 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 detail. No, it, it's okay. Yeah, no, it's important what you said. Uh, like, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. The other thing is, like, maybe this is a whole can of worms that we don't have time for. But like, it's not important that this was white lady either. It kind of is. It, it's it's not. It this is this is not a question of privilege. This happens this happens all over the map with all types of people. Uh, I think it's funny that a white woman gets taken down a peg. But uh, the thing is, like when the when the fic when the reality starts morphing into the fiction that didn't exist until you know after the thing was published or getting published like you know like she just kind of t- embodied the personality of the like care like the satire like it was like oh no this is real like white ladies be caring you know and it's just like you didn't have to do that you just ended up like this was a self-fulfilling prophecy of well, the fiction, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. The fa- the fact that she's willing to like destroy, I- I'm sure what the other more famous authors were taken aback by was like, you're willing to destroy our friendships over this or our acquaintanceships or whatever, like marginal. You're really, re- you're really gonna shit on the network. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty crazy. Hmm. And I mean, uh, and I like I say that as a person that like, especially in private, but like even on the podcast, is like not that not that afraid to talk talk shit about people like straight up. I don't re- I don't really care. Because in general, when I do that and don't disguise a name or barely disguise a name, it's because I think the person can handle it. And like, if the, if you actually had a one-on-one conversation with them, you'd probably find some common ground, and it would all be in good fun. Or at the very least, your disagreements would be like civil. I I really don't. I really don't talk bad about people to advantage myself. No, that's I insane. think that's the difference. That's the cynicism of that is pretty striking. That's what like finance bros do. And like PR people. Well, and at least they have immediate incentive to do that. Like something as atmospheric as like potentially having a job as a writer. I mean, that relies so much on your unspoken social credit score. Yeah. You know? 
And you're going to shit. Yeah, it's like you did not understand the assignment, ma'am. Yeah, you don't understand the the world that you're living in. I don't know. Yeah. Or the thing the thing is the the interesting thing about it is like she does understand it enough to know that she can make it to the New York Times and she did it. Like that's the But sus- that's going to be your like the crowning achievement. I was in the Times for throwing down with a lady who stole my life story and it's like I think well, for a lot of people that's enough. That's what almost gives me some empathy for that woman. That's that's I think why I was trying to kind of make the point about like don't point out her identity it has nothing to it's really not that important i think that there's a lot of like sad and desperate people that understand intuitively that the only way to succeed societally right now is to get a media career and a job in culture that's the only way as a downwardly mobile person to get a spot in the elite anymore and so I understand the desperation of doing that by any means necessary, even if it means torching all of your friendships and potentially looking bad in the paper. Who cares? Omarosa did that on The Apprentice 20 years ago and did make an entire media career out of it. A lot of people do this all the yeah, time. Yeah, but like with no, integ- like no integrity. But so what? The, uh, the point I'm trying to make is I think people do consciously sort of realize that your integrity is tertiary to success. But, like, how far away is this from, like, everyone just talented Mr. Ripleying all over the place, and we're going to have all these bodies in the river when people get thrown off of boats? Well, that is what's happening, and this woman is one of them, and there's no advantage in looking down on her for that. It seems like she tried to, like, take out the lady and throw the body over, and she fought back and was like, no, 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 you're going over the edge. Like, you can't take me out on the river and, you know... Oh yeah, of course not. Of course not. The the body in the river is the subject of this article. Yeah. Of who who's it going to be? It's definitely not going to be. And she didn't think that's the way it would turn out, but like taking the risk to potentially have it turn out another way, it makes sense. It, it's weird. It's It's weir- a it's a last ditch effort to be like maybe this will rehab. And in a certain sense it's a rational maneuver because what else is going to happen to your life? If you're, you know, I'm not saying this is true of this woman, I don't know, but like, let's say you're someone like you or I, that's in a tremendous amount of debt. The way you think you could have a successful career is by throwing your friends under the bus and just trying this yourself. I'm not saying I would do that, but I can absolutely see why you would think that was a good idea. Why the incentives align to make that make sense. I have too much fear to... You know, to do that, because well, so the shame, because the shame of what you did would be so like heavy. You know, I I don't think it's about. I'm not going to speak for you, but I think for me, I I share a lot of the fear of taking a lot of risk, whatever that means. And when it comes to things that are shameful, I actually don't fear that. Oh, so much. Mm. It's not about how I would feel about it later. Um. You, the person who loves regret? Well, yeah, because re- regret regret is not about shame. Those are two really those are two really sure different things. That. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I, I, you can speak for the shame mm. if you want to, but mm. I, I would say that regret is very narcissistic. Regret does not have anything to do with how I impact the rest of the world. It's insulated. Oh. It's a it's a mm. feedback loop of I'm feeling bad for myself about myself about my past, right? Oh. It's this constant inward turning oh. that's deeply narcissistic and pessimistic and bad for you. Um, and it also makes you risk averse. I don't want to do things because I'm afraid I'll regret them. And mm. that fundamental cowardice is what keeps me from 
throwing my friends under the bus. It's not because I would feel bad for them. It's because I would feel bad for me. <laughs> what you're saying is like, if you're operating from a place of shame, you would feel bad for what you've done to them. Yeah, because then you feel guilty. I think a lot more people operate from the assumption that it doesn't matter what happens to other people. It's about what happens to me that keeps me afraid. Oh. Hmm. And I don't think that that's something that anyone has that much control over, however you feel about it. So I feel bad for a person in that situation. Like, their megalomaniacal tendencies I can't really relate to, but in a distant way, I can empathize with it. I can. It's very much like Breaking Bad, you know? What, like Walter's character? And then the the rich people and the, the... The company founders. Well, yeah, and you and you actually have to ask yourself, like, what is worse? Yeah, they they threw Walter under the bus, and in a certain sense, created him. Yeah. Yes, individually, he's responsible for like his terrible choices, but all the incentives in his lives in his life by trying to keep his integrity led him down a really dark path. They didn't have any integrity in the first place, and they get all the riches for it, and they don't get any of the blame for all the devastation left behind by a person they fucked over. But the butterfly effect would tell you that it's their fault. Yeah. At least in part. And I would say like so the in the case of this person that you know who is cynically trying to weaponize an organ donation. I can't believe I've, I've circled back to defending this person now. Oof. But in this case, the wrong take, but okay. Uh, well, look, I'm not taking I'm not taking a side. Uh, mm-hmm. In this case like so what that person posts posts some cringe and tries to you know get themselves some credit for a, a good act cynically that's not the best thing in the world but also the people that snarked on her and pissed her off they do share some of the blame yeah i mean not really i mean if you're like doing surface like nice and then shit talking with closer friends which like, they obviously were yeah you can still you know like that's that just goes that's like you know it just I don't know. I mean, in a, it's, in a schoolyard way, I you would gonna, never incentivize a child to do what those people did. But that's what I'm saying. Like, why is it okay? For I feel adults? like that's human. Yeah, human nature is that kind of thing. You have like the acquaintance realm, and then you have the intimates realm, and then if you have someone who's an acquaintance, you don't want to piss them off, but you, you know, because you don't know who they are, what they could be. You know, like you just leave them in that zone, but you're never gonna like, you know be sloshed at 2 a.m. and be like, do you know what I think of that motherfucker? Do you know? Do you want me to tell you? Because fuck them. And you're like, uh, cool it. Cool it there. You want a water? Like, you know, you would... This is why at the end of the day, I go back to kind of feeling bad for this person because, like, she's not operating from a very nice place to begin with. She I, might think that she is, but I she's think not. That, I, think that, I think there's a naivete at play yeah. where it's like, I thought these were my best friends. And it's like, no, bitch, read the room. Well, not only about the friends, but about the weaponization of the action in the first place. Yeah. Like, I think she thinks she is doing a good thing. And at the end of the day, she did, regardless of whether or not she wants to take credit for it. Like, that's the element of it that I think is cynical. That's insane. But yeah. and insa- it is insane. But whatever. At the end of the day, she did do a nice thing. Uh the people that are talking the people that are talking shit about her it's like that doesn't serve anything that doesn't serve why, anybody yeah that's why like you know in my this is why we have the mute feature on instagram for people who you know when the earnestness gets too high i just go i don't need to hear about this for a while and just cuz i'm going to snark on it because it is in my nature and i would like to you know do self betterment so if 
if the trigger is not there, I will not get to Schadenfreude all over the place. Right, right. You know, because if presented with it, I'll be like, huh. And it's, like, just be chomping at the bit to be like, did you see? Did you see that? Um, and, you know, the goal is to like, be chill. It's better to be generative than reactionary. Like, I do think it would be a really different situation in this case if the more famous author had simply written the story and appropriated the, the cringe, um, but not had this text message thread that supported the idea that sh- she was denying, yeah. which was that she knew she was doing this Again, consciously. You do it in person. There's nothing written oh, down. Not only does it give you, like, plausible deniability, it's also just a demonstration of an ethic that's, like, you know, people embarrassing themselves don't need you to kick them again. Yeah, like, don't be a Heather. You know, like, yeah. why are you, like, or a, pla- you know, to use the Mean Girls thing, don't be a plastic. Like, why would you be that way? Right. Like, it, it's immature, and, like, you just kind of, again, that's something you can say offhand in passing of, like, what the fuck? Like, did you see that shit? Okay, let's not talk about it. You know, like, because this is what you do in public. You're like, did you see... We're not talking about it because that's just going to lead us down a bad path. Like, you just don't. You take it off the table of, like, you do the simultaneous big eyes and and then you just keep up. Sure, sure. I, I also think there's something valuable when you find something in your life that is funny or cringe and it's esoteric for now. You do yourself and everyone else a service by leaving it alone let Mm -hmm. them continue to do what they're doing if you want a wellspring of future laughs or information or inspiration or whatever you could have a whole novel written by this woman's story if you just let her just just let her be and then don't respond immediately after doing it. Like, you know, you, you just go, ooh, I'm you just don't, get You it. don't go observe the gorillas in Uganda and immediately walk up to them and, like, try to shake their hand. You watch them, th- you watch them through binoculars. You know what I mean? You don't try to sign, like, water in their hands immediately. You don't disturb the wildlife. <laughs> let, them, let them do what they're doing. It'll continue to be funny for you. That's true. You're not wrong. You know, I, I don't think you need to fuck with them for whatever reason. Do not engage. You know, like it's the, you know. Also, you should, you should What's be. What's the primary directive in the Star Treks? The, pri- the prime directive is that they don't interfere with events in the past. It's a oh. travel thing. And they don't interfere with alien civilizations that are not ready to experience the rest of the galaxy. Well, there you go. It's the yeah, same thing. It's the same thing. It's the prime directive. Title of that. All right, great. I have a. I, I'm salivating to get this. I, I, I forgot about that. And that was about a half hour ago. You so. want to have pot pie. Okay. <laughs> Will has reverted. <laughs> and uh, we're going to exercise the prime directive by letting the caveman <laughs> eat his thing and not have to podcast anymore. I mean, I'll do a, If you want to hear the real time review, go to give us a coin. Yeah. Go to get a coin. Give us the coin to hear a real-time review of a of frozen going, food item from Trader Joe's that's listen, been sitting on the counter for 30 minutes. Listen, the people want it. Look, we're giving the people what they want on the Patreon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.